Coming up on today's Locked On Big Ten, a whole lot of players got drafted over the weekend. We're going to get into at least the start of it here today on the show. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week alongside Jay Stevens, the host of Locked On Buckeyes. I'm Nate Dickinson. Coming up on today's show, we're going to get you, of course, everything from over the weekend in the NFL draft. A whole bunch of Big Ten players drafted. I, I haven't even actually gone through and counted exactly how many it was, but we'll start at the top, Jay. Seven Big Ten players drafted in the first round, a big year for the Big Ten overall in the football field, and it translates here in April on draft day. It did. And we all kind of knew it going into it. You'll probably get Aiden Hutchinson number one. Well, closer to the draft, it was like he won't be number one, but he'll be top one of the top top picks, number two. But um, with the guys in the first round and then going throughout it throughout the entire draft, uh, it was a good, good, good year. I will say good year overall for the Big Ten health of the conference, um, a way for these schools to build off of what they saw in the draft. And so I do think that what we saw overall. Um, it was a good year, a good time for the uh, Big Ten this year. Do you think Aiden Hutchinson should have been number one overall here? I mean, it was, again, like you said, only recently that the attitude started to change there, and it seemed like the Jaguars were going to go with Walker. No, actually, I think that Kayvon Thibodeau should have been number one overall over Aiden Hutchinson and Trayvon Walker. Um, I do think that even there may have been a consensus – well, not consensus, but there may have been a thought that maybe – this is maybe more athlete talk speaking that Derek Stanley Jr. He has the goods to be one of those top corners, but I understand when you are a edge rusher edge defender versus a cornerback, I understand why the priority is there to put the guy on the, on the line ahead of the guy on the outside at the cornerback position. Um, but no, I, I think it should have been uh cave on Thibodeau. I've been saying that since, since day one. Um, but I also knew that with the way that he is viewed right now um, with him having, other interests outside of football and being someone that likes the media, um, people might not want him to be on their team, but you can't go wrong. Trayvon Walker, good. A. Hutchinson, good. Um, everybody else that got drafted, I mean, the top five, top ten, I mean, like, these are these are amazing athletes, so you, you really can't go wrong, but Thibodeau was my pick to be number one. I've been saying that for a few months. Yeah, he was the guy who I think was more of a like start of the season or preseason in college football. He was a kind of consensus top guy going into it, and then, of course, things sorted themselves out Aiden Hutchinson I feel like at least just was hurt a little bit by not being the uh, best fit for the post-draft process or pre-draft process I guess when you're talking about running 40 times and measurables and things like that there were other guys who were going to impress more than him uh, again I, of course after what he did at Michigan if you have the draft right after the season ends and don't do any combine stuff I, I think he would have gone number one overall but it, it just ended up changing a little bit once the scouts really really put things under the microscope not to say that that's exactly what they're doing is putting things under the microscope they're just guessing like everybody else let's get into what you want to talk about here jay your two wide receivers go 10 and 11 overall it's chris alave to the new orleans saints at 11 then one pick before garrett wilson to the new york jets at number 10 uh, i'll talk about wilson here in a second he was one of the top receivers throughout alave at 11 
is a bit of a surprise, at least to me. The Saints seemed like they wanted to go and get their guy. They traded for the pick, got their guy in Alave. And it's, again, like I said, I thought it was a little earlier than when he was going to go. Yeah, I have thoughts about the number 11 pick, and I actually kind of understand why the Saints moved up to get him. But you go Gareth Wilson, 10, and I, I was wondering what the – what Kayvon Thibodeau was where he was going to fall. Cause I knew if he fell to number eight, the Falcons were not going to pass up on Kayvon Thibodeau at eight, even though they need a wide receiver, you have that talent. You just can't pass up on getting him. Kayvon Thibodeau goes five. I believe, to, I believe to the giants. Don't quote me on that, but I believe yeah, was to the giants. And then number eight, um, the Falcons end up going with Drake London from USC, another amazing wide receiver. So I was like, okay, cool. If he doesn't go eight, the only other possible landing spot for Garrett Wilson is the jets. Cause he's not falling outside of the top 10 just based off things that I had seen, and that's exactly where things fell. When it, in regards to the Saints, I was kind of surprised they moved up, but then I wasn't, based off there being two receivers going previously by the top 10 picks, and they're saying, well, I, we really want this guy. They have been actually wanting Chris Olave since going into – since last year. I mean, I talked to Ross Jackson about it, and even he has been really wanting Chris Olave to go to New Orleans, and he actually had Olave as his number one receiver in this year's draft. And so I, it made a lot of sense when I, in real time, and even now I think about it, for the Saints to move up because they, they did not want to be left with um, a Jahan Dotson or any other receiver that was there. They could have gotten Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams went 12. Um, so it was, it was really three Buckeyes back to back to back. Um, Jamison Williams was not a Buckeye last year, but previously was in Columbus. So I, I do get it, but I mean, I kind of said this on Locks on Buckeyes on Friday. That was, an, that was an amazing infomercial for Brian Hartline. Basically, he's saying, hey, if you want to come to Ohio State, if you're a receiver, you're going to be a top pick in the NFL draft. We're progressing and getting guys better and better. And so um, I love what we saw. Well, I love the landing spots for both of these guys. Well, New York is New York, but I do think Garrett Wilson can still shine. But that infomercial for Brian Hartline was one of the best I've ever seen, and he spent no money to put it together. Let's talk a little bit about the future for these two guys. The first skill players off the board in the Big Ten, what kind of an impact do you think they can have production-wise right away? I do believe that a lot of it will have the bigger impact right away before Garrett Wilson due to the organization that he went to and the structure and the makeup that's there, and one being more dysfunctional than the other, one having a quarterback – well, they both have kind of quarterback issues – excuse me, issues – but you kind of know if Jameis is going to be your starter. You know what you're going to get out of Jameis. Um, Zach Wilson, a second-year quarterback, you're still trying to figure things out. I did take a look. I think the Jets used three or four quarterbacks last year. I know the Saints used multiple quarterbacks last year as well. So the quarterback situation for both teams is a little bit interesting. But I do think, though, the more the better structure, um, the better organization is, is it New Orleans Saints, which is the, the main reason why I think that Alave will be um, – the one to get off first and quickly get his feet wet in that in the National Football League. Today's episode of Locked On Big Ten is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the place to go to get your protein every single day because they've got what you want and also, of course, what you need out of your nutritional products, but also in different ways than you're used to seeing them. Built Bar has the protein bar, of course, that looks and tastes like a candy bar. 100% real chocolate in every bar. While working with less than 150 calories, less than five net grams of carbs and sugars, and more than 15 grams of proteins packed into each one. 
You also got the Built Puffs marshmallows. You can pop right into your mouth, get your protein that way. They've got the powder you can pour into your drinks, little energy shots, jello shots you can take right into your mouth. Anything that you want to try and get yourself through the day or through a workout, Built Bar has it. Head on over to Built.com right now and enter our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. Again, it's Built.com, promo code LOCKED15. Try out Built Bar. They are outstandingly good and, of course, good for you, too. We won't talk about every pick, but just going down here, another guy I wanted to get to is Jahan Dotson. He was someone else who I thought went a little bit earlier than at least what I was seeing as far as draft boards go. There were some places that had him around this high, but as you mentioned, Jay, a lot of receivers were coming off that board, and the commanders shot and took their guy. Yeah, and it's one of those things that was interesting because as I was talking about this last week, the Washington Commanders were a team that needed a receiver, and I said this is a possible landing spot for Chris Olave. Now, it was I think it was earlier. It was actually at the number 11 pick, not the number 16 pick. And I knew that the Saints needed a receiver. They wanted a receiver. Would they go to at 16? Would they go at 19? So it really was just a little shuffling, reshuffling around. Because I think if the Commanders were at 11, they probably would have taken Chris Olave. <laughs> but since they traded that pick, of course, you're left with uh, Jahan Dawson at 16. Not a bad pick at all. Like, going from 16 to 11 is, I mean, if you're going to go back and get Jahan Dotson, that's still an amazing receiver to get. So it was a little uh, nice little maneuvering and shuffling of the cards there and rearranging things to um, for them to still get a receiver. That's one of the better players in this draft. Yeah, and I think with Washington, I mean, they, they were the team that traded, uh, as you mentioned, that 11 pick. It, it seems like they were perfectly happy with, I said they went and got their guy. It seems like they were happy with waiting to see how far back they could go maybe to get one of the receivers, see how fast things were going. And then once it came down to Dotson, in my opinion, probably the last guy in that group of top wide receivers there. When you have him left, they went and got him. So it makes sense to me. I like the move. Anyway, moving on. Tyler Linderbaum goes 25 to Baltimore. George Karloff, this is 30 to Purdue. Daxton Hill, 31, or not to Purdue, from Purdue to Kansas City. And then Daxton Hill out of Michigan going to Cincinnati and the Bengals. Daxton Hill's another guy who I'm interested to see what he can do right away or how much he can do right away. We'll, we'll see what kind of role he's able to play at Cincinnati. But this is a guy who, again, I don't know if it was us who talked about it before, Jay, maybe the top safety in this draft he ends up being the second safety off the board I believe it was uh, after the Notre Dame guy but it, it was something where I, I just an undervalued position but I can see this being an impactful pick right away for that defense in Cincinnati and him being able to do really well again if he gets the opportunity I don't know much about exactly what that secondary is going to look like yeah it's all about the opportunity um and I do think Daxon Hill is one of the better uh safeties what you say was number two um, which I know we kind of sometimes split hairs going into the draft about where guys fall. Is he number two, number three, number four, number five? Is he number 10 versus number 11? You're a first-round pick of the National Football League. Like, I think sometimes we need to, to step back. I know you're, like, discussing what where he falls, but I know sometimes we hear, oh, well, he's a number two guy. He's not, he's not that good. He's the number two guy in his position in the draft. Like, let that sink in about how many guys are going to get drafted how many guys at said position are available? Like, number two is really good. And for him to go to the Bengals, a team that's riding high, looking to win a ring really soon because they have Joe Burrow, and that's a really good football team. 
you're going to a spot where they can work with you, groom you, and you're probably going to get some playing time very early. And they value that pick at number 31 very well. And so I do like the pick. I do think that he is going to be someone that's going to have some splash plays throughout his rookie year. So I do like that. Um, I did notice you correct yourself with the George Karloftis to Purdue. I was like, wait, is he going to let that slide and keep going? <laughs> um, I was trying to hold my laughter in when that, when that one came out. Easy slip of the tongue because it happens to me all the time. I do it all the time, yeah. yeah. It's fun, those back-of-the-first-round guys who are going to be able to go to teams who are, again, competing right away and try and be part of championship runs him to Cincinnati, George Karloftis again to Kansas city. Those uh, a couple of guys who are going to be really, really fun to watch on really good teams soon. Jay, let's go a little bit deeper in this draft. As you go into day two and three, I mean, a lot, a lot we could cover here. I mean, what's something that you, you want to touch on, I guess, first off, what's something that you think we need to get to as far as these later rounds and big 10 players coming out of them? Let me think, because I don't want to be negative at all. Um, how about just overall with the draft? Because I did pull up the draft numbers here very quickly. Um, this is more so day two, day three, and a little bit of day one, because they had one player go on uh, Thursday in the first round. How about Penn State having eight guys overall drafted in this draft? Now, everybody knows about – I'm not wearing a hat today. I just got a haircut, and I started this trend of not wearing hats but Ohio State is a team that would know it runs the conference, and that is a team that has a lot of amazing players. They had seven guys that people thought were going to get drafted, only six got drafted. I mean, talk about the amazing infomercial that Brian Hartline put together with two receivers going back to back, and then a former Buckeye going at 12, 10, 11, and 12 in the first round. How about for James Franklin and, and Penn State, where there's a lot of people saying he's going to go elsewhere, he's going to get a new job, but he leads the conference in most players drafted in this draft. I mean, that's a three-day span. It's a great weekend for him. And another phenomenal infomercial for high school athletes that are trying to decide what school to go to. Penn State, they not only can win games, they will win games. And they'll put you in the National Football League as well. I think it was really, really interesting to see the value that was able to fall down after that first day, especially out of the Big Ten. I mean, you have guys like Boy Mafe out of Minnesota, Arnold Ebicady out of Penn State, uh, Kenneth Walker III, who were Walker the third, not as much, just the value there. But those first two guys, even David Ajabo, people were thinking could have been first round picks. They end up falling, not even at the very top, but in cases to the like middle of the second round, Jaquan Brisker two out of Penn State, one of those Penn State guys, just another really, really solid pick, I think, for Chicago. A lot of really, really talented players going like middle of that round. I think Kenneth Walker the is a guy who will – be able to make an impact right away just because, of course, he's with Seattle. That team likes to run the ball a lot. That team doesn't have Russell Wilson anymore, of course, to even dilute that a little bit. So even if he ends up being like third running back on the depth chart, which isn't what I would imagine they drafted him to be, it's something where he's going to be getting touches every single game. And he's going to be somewhere where it seems like they're going to want to utilize him right away. That, that's going to be really fun. Is there anybody like that who you feel like maybe could be that kind of day two, day three guy who comes out and is a producer right off the bat? Oh, I got a few guys. Um, and I'm going through a list now of guys that got drafted in around number two and around number three. I'm going to go with a guy from my home state, 
and then also somebody that plays for the rival of the school that I cover for the Locked On Pack Podcast Network. I have been high on David David Ajabo for a very long time. Um, I'm not going to go out on a limit on a limb and say he's going to have a better career than Aiden Hutchinson because that's a bold statement, and I'm not going to be that guy. But I do think he's going to make more splash and wild plays in the National Football League than I think a lot of people think. And going to Baltimore, a team that prides itself on defense, a, a franchise, like even from its inception and from its inauguration in like what, 95 or 96 season, defense and physicality is something that the Baltimore Ravens have loved. Their fan base has grown to love, do enjoy it. And it's been something that's been there since Ray Lewis, what, I think their first draft pick, all the way through 2022. Physicality and defense is something that, that is their calling card. And I do think David Ajabo going to Baltimore is a phenomenal pick for him because he's versatile and he is, is someone that I don't believe has tapped into and played his best football yet. I believe in Baltimore, a great starting spot for him. And then we're going to go with the number, forget the number pick it was, but um, um, wow, David Bell at number 99 going to the Cleveland Browns. Um, he is a player, and I was talking to my dad and brother over the weekend. I had a funeral to go to on Saturday. So my um, attention to day three of the draft was taken away due to some family matters. We were talking, and his my, my sister in law was there as well. We're all my brother was like, we all love David Bell. Um, I, got, I got to watch, I got no, followed his career since he was a freshman in high school. So it's a little bit different with me than most people talking about him. But my brother said his combine really hurt him. That's true. But then my dad and I are kind of on the same page, and we say. Despite his combine, despite his 4-7 speed, despite some of the issues he had catching the ball at the combine, um, David Bell, when he's on the field, he gets open and he catches the ball. That's it. Like, I understand all the numbers, measurables, all those things. If you look at his numbers against Ohio State and other top teams in the conference and around the country, all David Bell does, he gets open and he catches the ball. And so that's what I think he'll do in Cleveland. Now, granted, who's going to be the quarterback? They want to move on from Baker. Will Deshaun Watson be able to play? Those are questions. Those are things that will be answered down the road. But whoever the quarterback is, hopefully it's a competent NFL quarterback. David Bell, he's learned in high school as a freshman, started since he was a freshman at Warren Central High School. He's learned how to get open and catch the ball at Purdue. He found out how to get open and catch the ball. And I don't think that trend is going to stop or slow down to the National Football League. Maybe the Browns got a steal at number 99 in this draft going with uh, David Bell, the Purdue wide receiver. Bet Online is your number one source for sports betting information and lines. They've got everything that you could possibly need from getting read up on games before you put your money in to actually putting the money on the games themselves. Bet Online has everything that you could possibly need from start to finish. I like it because it is that one-stop shop. You don't have to go all over the place to try and be confident and make sure you know what you're doing. You get the lines you want, all the props, and of course, other sorts of bets that you could place too available there, and also get the information you need to make sure that you're doing the smart move. Head on over to betonline.net right now to see what I'm talking about, either on your computer or on your mobile phone and of course get started right now at betonline.net and sign up for a free account it's again betonline.net the place to go for everything you need in sports gambling and where the game starts going down further a little bit and again jay stevens with locked on buckeyes with us here on locked on big 10 one of the things i talked about and actually hopped on our locked on live draft coverage to talk about here immediately after he got picked daniel falele in minnesota he falls to day three and i was 
sure, I am sure that the second day two ends and he's still on the board, there was some sort of offensive line coach, strength and conditioning coach, offensive coordinator, somebody somewhere who spent that Friday night talking somebody's ear off, trying to convince them to take Daniel Falele. He's that kind of a guy that just a raw prospect coaches want to be able to get their hands on and try and mold him into an elite NFL player. And he's the, I mentioned it before, heaviest player in the NFL now. 386 pounds is bigger than anybody in the football league as far as listed weights go. And now, so he's only been playing football for five years. Came from Australia. He, he outgrew rugby. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where he's just someone who's raw, but very talented. And coaches, when you see that, obviously every single coach, I've said it before, every single coach thinks that they can turn a prospect into the football legend. They are the ones who have the key to unlocking everyone's potential. So that's the kind of guy who I was, one, surprised to see get to day three. But I saw the second that he was still on that board, I knew he was not going to go very far into day four. And he did not end up going number 110 to Baltimore, which made some pretty good picks all around, I think. Got Tyler Linderbaum at the first round, get Daniel Falele in the fourth there, a couple of Big Ten players who I think are both going to be, Linderbaum especially, is going to be awesome. But uh, it, Daniel Falele, too, I think has a kind of potential to be really, really good if he can be, again, if he can tap into all of that physical ability and translate it, of course, into football skill. <laughs> well, there, there are a couple guys actually in the fourth round that I do think um, will um, possibly turn heads uh, initially. Um, I'm not, well, won't spend too much time dissecting and going through this, but Jake Ferguson tied in uh, from Wisconsin going to the Cowboys at number 129 in the fourth round. Then also running back Hassan Haskins, uh, number 131 in the fourth round uh, from Michigan going to the Tennessee Titans. I know how much people like dissect and wonder, no, like, what are the Cowboys going to do? But if you could get drafted to the Cowboys, uh, an organization everybody what, what everybody either loves or hates, there's literally no in-between there with that franchise. But then you have a quarterback like um, Dak Prescott that's throwing you the football. Hello. Like, that's the kind of initiation to, to the National Football League I would love to have. And then Hassan Haskins, he's not going to be coming in and ask to start right away. Um, we all know this. We have, have Derrick Henry in front of him, Derrick Henry one of the best running backs in the National Football League. And you're going to come in, and there's going to be an offensive line that you know they're designed to run the ball. Running the ball in play action, that's a Tennessee Titans calling guard. And so if you're you're not really being called to do – you're not you're not the leader. You know this. So you're already – you're getting a slower acclimation period to the NFL, and you're going to learn from one of the best backs in the league. You can't ask for anything better than that. As you go down here, I mean, I mean, just touching on a couple of more, I guess, surprises for me. Jalen Naylor out of Michigan State in the sixth round, I thought was late. Uh, another wide receiver, Bo Melton out of Rutgers in the seventh round to Seattle, I thought was later than when he was going to go. Uh, Thayer Munford, Ohio State guy, gets picked in the second, seventh round as well to the Las Vegas mm -hmm. Raiders. He, he was someone, am I right there? Was he someone who I was thinking would have gone a little bit earlier? Yeah, probably think of five or fifth or sixth round. I think there Mumford lost himself some money by staying in school, just like another Ohio State guy, Sean Wade, did last year. Uh, there's a fine line, I do believe, that when it comes to staying in school or not staying in school or going to the league, I do understand people love the – people love 
college. They love playing in these universities. I understand all of that. And so are you, if, if the goal is to make the most money you can, when you first get to the league, maybe leaving before you think you should, well, leaving at the proper time is key because I do think that Mumford lost himself some money and by change and some things we're going to at the squad at Ohio state also hurt him in his future in the NFL because people don't know what position he's, he's best suited for. Is it going to be a tackle? Is it going to be a guard? Well, his tackle film looks good, but he didn't play tackle last year. So I, these are things that I really was thinking about when I realized that I was like, he lost himself some money by staying in school. And I am a big advocate, like stay in school. Most people, when I say stay in school, they're not ready for the NFL. I didn't anticipate him staying in school and playing last year at Ohio state, but he did. But I think if I could have advised him previously, I would have said, Hey, young man, like your time is now. I can't tell you what to do, but your time is now maximize what your play on the field, maximize the money that's in front of you and go to the NFL now, but he ultimately stayed in school. And I think that's why he, he lost the money over the weekend. Too many good players. And a good point I saw being made too. It was because of this COVID extension and stuff, a really, really deep, deep, talented draft. So a lot of guys end up getting bumped down as a result of that. I mean, we riff on it for a little bit here, Jay, but we're out of time now. It's a lot to try and get through. We're going to be talking a lot of NFL draft throughout the entire week here on the show. I'm sure Jay Stevens is doing plenty of it over on Locked on Buckeyes too. Jay, remind everyone where they can get the show before we get let you go. Guys, Locked on Buckeyes, you can catch it Monday through Friday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your fine podcasts. Coming at you, uh, dissecting, going through things that happened over the weekend in, in, in the NFL draft. And, you know, I'll be here every Monday with Nate right here on Locked on Big Ten. Same goes for all that little Locked on Big Ten, too. Be sure to follow, subscribe, YouTube, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, all that good stuff. And, again, Jay's going to be back here next week. We'll be back tomorrow here on Locked on Big Ten.